You're listening to The Doctor's Companion, brought to you by InStockTrades.com and DCBService.com. Welcome to another episode of The Doctor's Companion. I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Matt Smith, but not that Matt Smith. And we're from MindRobber.net, the home site of MindRobber Productions, where we talk about all the things on podcasts, like Doctor Who on this podcast, The Doctor's Companion. Uh, and then there's The Mind Robbers Versus, where we pick a show we love and we talk about it episode by episode. Uh, currently, uh, we're covering Justice League Unlimited, uh, soon to switch over to Veronica Mars. Um, that's also where we cover all of, like the big movie releases. That's where we post our reviews for that. Uh, so we, we recently did Thor the Dark World, and then uh, at the end of this week, like early next week, you'll see uh, our review of Catching Fire. Uh, so so uh, that's the Mind Robbers Versus. And then we have our, the Mind Robbers, which is our flagship podcast, and that's where we talk about uh, whatever else we feel like talking about. And if you like our shows, you should review them on iTunes. If you have questions, comments, concerns, uh, email those to us, podcast, mindrobber.net, or... If you want to start a discussion, uh, leave a post in the comments section um, in uh, on the website. Uh, most importantly, we really we just want you to tell all of the people. Just tell everyone. Just walk down the street or or shout from rooftops about the show. <laughs> um, because right now we're covering the 50th anniversary uh, the only way we know how, which is with a uh, a doctor countdown. Uh, 11 to 1 leading up to the day of the doctor um the 50th anniversary special and uh we we've talked about uh we've talked about a bunch of uh, of doctors um so many that we've actually reached the fifth doctor now um and we're talking about creatures of beauty uh which is a another big finish audio um just because you know uh, five, six, and five, six, seven, and eight. Uh, not a lot of stories to talk about, so we didn't want to burn through any. So we decided we're going to talk about the big finish stuff, which is great. And now we're talking about a fifth Doctor big finish, creatures of beauty. Uh, Matt picked these out. Um, I'll let him explain. Yeah, creatures of beauty. Um, creatures of beauty is an interesting story. Uh, because well, this is a story that was actually released in. Uh, Big Finish's celebration for the 40th anniversary. Um, this was one of the fifth Doctor stories from that year. They did a bunch of other things, including Zagreus, which I don't even know what the hell that was. Um, and The less and said about that, the better. The less said about it, the better. Um, and a bunch of other stories that I find are really interesting. If you look at 2003 and Big Finish, um, I think there's only a couple that are not very good, one of which is Necromantia, which is like my least favorite thing. But I digress. Um Creatures of Beauty. I picked this out because picking a fifth Doctor story is really hard. Um, I wanted to pick something that, uh, as always, represents a writer, 
um, someone who had a, has a big influence on Doctor Who. And it was between this and Son of the Dragon, um, which is uh, Fifth Doctor versus Dracula, um, or specifically Vlad the Impaler. And I didn't pick that one because Son of Dracula is written by uh, Steve Lyons, who we covered for Architects of History, uh, and Creatures of Beauty is written by Nick Briggs. Now, when I say it's written by Nick Briggs, that is not quite doing justice to this story, um, because uh, he not only wrote this, but he directed it, as he tends to, uh, but he also did the music, and he also did the sound design, and he also edited it. So, everything... This is, this is like an auteur piece. Yeah, it's everything that you see in this music. I don't know if he edited this, but... but I don't every- see anything in this. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> every, everything you hear in this is all Nick Briggs' So, so you're saying you did nothing? <laughs> everything yeah, he, everything I see, he did nothing. He didn't. He didn't do much. Um, he, <laughs> he showed up on the day with a camera, and Big Finish was like, "What are you doing? Um, <laughs> do you know what we do here?" And he's like, "No, I'm the voice of the Daleks. I don't know what's going on." Yeah, you guys are in charge of the audio, right? That's how this goes. Um, so, <laughs> so uh, the re- and the reason I picked Nick Briggs is because he's the current guy who's in charge of Big Finish or Doctor Who, or specifically Big Finish. He's their executive producer. He's kind of their showrunner. Um, he's in charge. He's the guy who writes big stories. He was the guy who oversaw all of the Eighth Doctor adventures with Lucy Miller. He's been around for ages. He's the voice of the Daleks. Um, and he's kind of been running Big Finish for the last couple of years. And he doesn't always do main range stories. He did a lot of them early on. Uh, but this was kind of the last thing he did for a couple of years. And every so often he'll drop in and do something important. But this is kind of it. Um, and as far as I, every time that I want to come back to like a, a story where I'm like, what's a story that Nick Briggs did that was kind of exceptional. This is the story that I keep coming back to. Um, all of his other stories have a tendency to be, uh, big and explosiony and very, um, running through corridors and all sorts of like big fun action adventure, Dr. Who, um, which is why I'm really excited to listen to light at the end, which we're going to be talking about when we talk about day of the doctor, um, which is big finishes 50th anniversary story with, uh, doctors four through eight as a crossover with the master. Um, but Creatures of Beauty is a fifth Dr. Nyssa story, and it comes from the mind of Nick Briggs, and I think that it's a really interesting, uh, Doctor Who story for a lot of different reasons. Um, and, uh, we'll, we'll kind of get to those in just a minute. So there we go. All right. Um, so, uh, so we, before we talk about it. I want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by DCBService.com. DCBS is the site that lets you pre-order all your monthly comic book statues, action figures, anything you get from a local comic book shop. You place your orders two to three months in advance with monthly discount specials up to 75% off and regular discounts at 40% off. And then you ship uh, as often as you like with orders as large or small as you like. And you only pay six ninety five in flat rate shipping every time you ship out. Uh, so thanks to DCBService.com for sponsoring the show. Um, so I, uh, I've only listened to a handful of the fifth doctor ones. And I think I explained this last week on the show that I just, the, the fifth doctor, my problem with the fifth doctor audio adventures is that, uh, because Peter Davison was so young when he played the doctor, his voice is noticeably older, um, like drastically older. And, uh, and so it's, it's a little distracting between him and his companions. Um, so so like I, I i and it's hard for them to do anything exceptional with his stuff because he has such a tight continuity um from when he what regenerated into 
the fifth doctor and and regenerated out of the fifth doctor um that whole period of time is very uh constricted um so i uh i i've never been super impressed with any of the fifth doctor ones um and listening to this i uh i i really like this a lot um my my largest concern because the the thing with creatures of beauty is that it is um presented to you in a non-linear fashion um and the non-linearness of it is not like it's not like something really simple like flashbacks or or all the way backwards or mm-hmm. um something like that it's really just all over the place and you just sort of have to piece it all together yes um and i i wonder i i'm i'm hesitant i'm hesitant to believe that if nicholas briggs if if someone were to take this story and edit it in order i don't think it would be interesting at all um because i just it's it's just about like there's there's an alien race who wants to build a bypass basically in space in order to do that they have to like get rid of this planet it's a very hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy kind of deal um and so they they like they basically gas this planet with radioactive stuff and it may turns them all into like mutants and they're all ugly and awful but then the alien race who did it are all like really pretty and they hate each other and the doctor gets involved and like the the pretty race feels bad for what they did and they're trying to help the ugly people but the ugly people are like whatever you guys think you're better than us uh i don't we don't care we don't want your help so they're at like they're like there's just like this passive aggressive war going on between them and it's just like and that's it and then there's no solution at the end like there's no resolution whatsoever um and i mean i i get like oh like oh there's no resolution oh yeah because that's a it's 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 real man it's real it's like war it's real and i'm like okay yeah no i get it i just there's no resolution um <laughs> and i it's it's just it's very silly like i feel like if this was done forwards i i like i just think it would be a really silly story um, and not not silly like they're in on the joke silly. I just think it would be silly. Um, and the only thing that makes it interesting, I think, is that it's out of order um, mm. be- because you're always questioning what's going on. Whereas if you played it linearly uh, and you knew what was going on, I don't think the story would be impressive at all. Um, mm. But I don't know. That's just me. That's that's my view of it. Um I I, hmm. I I don't know. Obviously, obviously, you really like it. So, yeah, I do. Um, this is the third time I've listened to it. Um, mm-hmm. and there is a way. Um, because this all comes in in uh, MP3 tracks on the Big Finish website, and because all of them are separated out, if you go in and map through, you can actually edit together a version of this that is in order. Um, and I've heard that it actually doesn't get any like sort of less evocative if it's in order. And the reason for that is, honestly, I th- think you might have missed something, uh, if I might be so bold. Because a lot of what happens in this that's really interesting is the twist of what's going on. Because what you find out at the end of the story is that the Doctor is actually partially responsible for the fact that this 
there are these two races and they committed genocide. Um, or one of them committed genocide against the other. And it wasn't a complete accident. There wasn't like, there wasn't an intentional bombing of it. What happens is there's a transport ship that's basically like an oil tanker. And this oil tanker is flying over restricted space, which is a planet that it's not allowed to fly over because this planet is basically about to discover space travel and you can't interfere with planets that are about to discover space travel, but it saves them money to cut through this planet's atmosphere. So they cut through this planet's atmosphere and as they're cutting through the atmosphere, they have to lower their shields for some reason or another. And when they lower their shields, they accidentally... (laughs) crash into the TARDIS or the TARDIS accidentally gets in their way, which the doctor is not aware of. And when the doc and when the doctor realizes that he's in their way, he disappears he dematerializes. But the this oil tanker essentially basically jackknifes and explodes and has a massive oil spill in this planet's atmosphere. And when it does that, it contaminates the entire planet's atmosphere such that within 150 years, every every creature and life on this planet will be dead. Um and it causes genetic mutations, it causes famine because all the crops die, um, and people are allowed to be beautiful if they if they can afford cosmetic surgery. And um, both both sides blame each other for the things that are happening. The Veln, who are the people on the planet, blame the Kotim, who are the people who have the oil tankers, for exploding a ship in, in the upper atmosphere, and they're just like, well screw you guys, we, because of you, we are going to die out. And the co-team feel really guilty about, you know, cutting corners and getting an oil, an oil spill in the middle of a planet and causing a genocide. So what you have in this story is you have two smaller factions, uh, the Velen led by Florian, and I forget what the co-team envoy's name is, but they're kind of teaming up to try and create a mutant race that brings the two together um, in an effort to perpetuate both species in a way that is acceptable um which is kind of a really dark story um especially because the doctor is in some way partially responsible however unwitting he is about it like he just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time and he jumps a hundred years into the future um because he's in the tardis and he just comes upon this thing and he's like what the heck happened and they're just like there was an oil spill and he's not aware that he's kind of you know, he was the uh, squirrel that was in the road that made the trailer jackknife. Um, and I think that that's a really interesting story. And if you play it in order, I don't know if it would play as effectively as that. But when you get to the end of the story, like, uh, it's it becomes clear that the doctor is really responsible for this. And no, that's it didn't of... become, it didn't, it was not clear. At yeah. All. See, I, I get that because it is the sort of thing where that's, that's, that's a problem. If I have to listen to this three times to get that, that's a problem. Oh, see, I got it the second time. Like the first that's time, still I was a like, problem. That's I got still it the, a problem. I got it the second time, but the first time I was like, "Did the doctor just cause that thing?" And then I listened to it again. I was like, "Oh, he listened. He did totally cause that thing." Because um, mm-hmm. at the beginning of the fourth episode, you have the doctor's like, "I'm traveling in Velen space," and he's talking to Nissa, and he's like, "I'm traveling in Velen space," and then all of a sudden, uh, he has a proximity alarm, dematerializes and materializes on the planet. Meanwhile, like at the end of the thing, you find like. You kind of, it's, I don't know. It's one of those things that Briggs is asking you to be really attentive in this story. Um, and that's clear very early on because he just throws you nonlinear and there is no sense of like that you're changing. When you have a scene change, it is assumed that you're going to a different point in time. Um, and he sets it up very early. So it is the sort of story that you really kind of have to pay attention to like early on. But I don't think that like, I don't know if it plays nearly as well the first time as it does in later repeat listens because 
it's a kind of a perverse story. Like just in the way that, you know, the doctor's kind of responsible. And at the end of the story, like he just goes, well, I'm, I really want to get out of here. And I, and the, the irony of the line that he says is, I don't think we has, we affected any change on this planet whatsoever because what he does when he lands on Veln is he doesn't really do anything like him. He and Nyssa are separated Nissa is uh, 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 arrested for crime for <laughs> for for uh, stabbing someone, which is not actually a thing that happened. Um, well, that person stabbed herself, but Nissa wasn't the one who did it. Um, Nissa just happened to be there. He has to get Nissa back, and then when he gets Nissa back, he goes to find the co-team and kind of figure out what's going on. And the co-team are just like, "We don't really need your help. We're just trying to do what we can," uh, because the co-team just are kind of writing this off and like suffering for suffering in silence for the sins that we've caused but we can't do any more damage to these people um and the doctor really at the end of the day just kind of wants to leave which is a really interesting choice for a davidson story because there's one other davidson story that's exactly like that and that is caves of androzani um which to me is interesting because why would this be a fifth doctor story like why do this story with the fifth doctor because fifth doctor this is clearly like a What's the phrase I'm looking for? It's a specific choice. And I think that the choice that Briggs is making here, that what he's trying to comment on is like how destructive a force the doctor can be, however unwittingly, because in caves, the doctor sets off that powder keg in a really big, bad way. And this kind of does the same thing, albeit a little bit more specifically, however unknowably. And I think that that's a really (laughs) damning thing to say about this character that he knows and loves. And it's, um, I, I think that it's really perverse in that respect um, because of all of these things. Uh, insane. Like, I just think it's a completely insane story to be doing. And one of the greatest things that he's written for those reasons. Because um, it's insane. Like, I just think it's completely nuts. Hmm. So. Um, no, I didn't. I didn't. I, I didn't. I didn't pick up any of that um, or any of the doctor related stuff. It really just felt like the doctor was there and not doing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the story of these two uh, uh, passive aggressively warring uh, worlds. And um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's, yeah um, it happens. I mean, it's, but it's the sort of thing where it's like, this is, like a, it's a much more obscure story than the sort of thing that Big Finish tends to do. Um, mm-hmm. Their stories aren't always nearly as oblique as this one is. Um, the it's but that's the thing is like I it's not the obliqueness like the obliqueness isn't what I have the problem with. It's the fact that like I don't think the storytelling's there. Because um, if I'm not understanding this, like that's the fact that I came away with this saying like there is nothing special about this is proof that he wasn't doing his job right. In, in my opinion. Mm. Um, I think that maybe he shouldn't have been jumping around so much. Like maybe he should have relegated the time jumping to per episode, but kept each episode linear. Maybe that would have helped. Um, mm. Cause, because making it all nonlinear scene to scene, it's a it's a problem that I'm focusing so much on trying to keep track of the narrative that I'm not picking up on on stuff like that. Sure. Um, sure. And and therefore missing the entire point of the story. That's a problem. 
Sure. No, I get that. I totally yeah. get that. Um, and it is the sort of thing where, you know, this is a this is a Nick Briggs from like ten years ago. Like this is a guy mm-hmm. who is still kind of learning. He's he at this point is only a couple years out of uh, sort of Orion, uh, which is kind of a very linear traditional eighth doctor cyberman story um and all and a lot of his stories before this aren't really super um groundbreaking a lot of the ones after this aren't nearly as much um but it feels like it feels like this is him trying too hard like Mm. it it almost feels like he he was like uh, it almost feels like people were complaining that his stories were a little too basic so he's like well i can do not basic so he comes up with this cool story that is the version of the story that you told the linear version. And then on top of everything else, he's like, okay, now I have a cool story. Now I'm really going to mess with them and make it nonlinear on top of everything else. Mm. And it's like, dude, you didn't need to do that. Like the story would have been interesting enough linearly. Mm -hmm. I I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, I just, I think it's a little, I don't know. Feels like it feels like Nick Briggs saw Memento and was like, "Hmm, that's, that's what I feel like happened." Um, I can do that, but more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, I mean, I my thing is I quite like it for how evocative it is. It's the sort of story that just leaves me thinking every time that I'm left listening to it, and it only really gets better like every time I listen to it. Like it mm-hmm. just. And the sound design, amongst other things, the sound design is remarkable. Like, the beautiful coming in and out, like, coming on cliffhangers is stunning. Uh, the part where, which we find out at the end is this, the great-grandfather of the evil, of the not the evil detective, but the, the jerkwad detective. His great-grandfather witnessed the explosion and said that uh, it, was, it was almost beautiful, despite the fact that it spelled doom for his race. Like, I find that that's a really interesting choice of sound design. And, you know, there's another bit where uh, this, this woman, Valene, uh, <laughs> gets injected with, like, Katim DNA, and she starts trying to cut it out of herself with a knife. So you just hear just hacking and slashing, and it is this really grotesque mm. sound to be hearing. Um and I, I mean, I like all of those things. And I think that, you know, I don't think that he's done anything nearly so in depth as all that with, except out, outside of this. Um, I think the nowhere place he did with that, but I didn't love the nowhere place as much as I like this. Um, cause the nowhere place does feel like an attempt to, uh, do something that's a little bit more outside the box, but without so specific a vision. Cause at the end of the day, what I like about this is that this is about something regardless of whether or not it's succeeding. Um, uh-huh. And I think, I think that I, I oh go ahead sorry oh go ahead. but yeah and I think that his um I think that I think that I lost I lost oh and I think that all that specificity is something that I admire um and the sort of like uh, the auteurness of it is the sort of thing where it's like I want this guy to take over after Gary Russell decides to stop fan wanking all over Big Finish um mm-hmm. I think that like he's the sort of guy that I want like that I would want to take over and I'm glad that he's in charge and I'm glad that he has like a good head on his shoulders and he's constantly trying to do new and creative things um and this story is kind of proof of that um because I think I think that he's underrated, honestly. I think that he's quite good. I don't think he's amazing. Like I don't think, like if he was asked to write for the show, I'd be like, all right. But I wouldn't expect like massive things from him. Um, unlike someone like Robert Sherman or Richard Curtis. Uh, but I do I do quite like him, and I like him exactly where he is right now, where he's just kind of doing uh, 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 meat and potatoes 
Doctor Who storytelling. Um, I really like that. So that's kind of where I come at with this whole thing. Yeah, no, I definitely, I think he's a better showrunner than he is a writer. Um, definitely. So that's, I don't know. Um, I, I, cause I think, I think sometimes, which, which, I mean, that sounds like a contradiction because people are used to showrunners being the people who write all of the big important stuff. But I don't think that that necessarily has to be the case. I think that it's possible to be a showrunner who guides everyone without act like like steering the ship without actually like getting out there. Yeah, um, you, can, you can steer the ship without touching the wheel. Like, right, it's okay to do that. Right, yeah. and I feel like that he he is a he's a better uh, grand picture kind of guy. Yes, because um, I mean I think I think. I honestly think when I look when I think back on everything that Big Finish has done, I think that um, the Lucy Miller seasons of the Eighth Doctor Adventures are like just the cream of the crop. Like mm-hmm. if there's any if there's if there's any chunk of stories that I would point to to anybody, like what should I what should I start with? I would say that. Yeah, um, absolutely. And and I think that that stuff is great, and I think that um, and I think that he's still doing interesting things uh, mm-hmm. after that. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, but yeah, so I think he makes a really good showrunner. I, this, this wasn't for me. Like I don't, I don't, I don't respect wacky pretentiousness just for the sake of it. Um, and it's, and it's, or not even, it's like false pretentiousness. I don't know. It's a thing where it's just like I I want people to th- This feels like a story where he's like I want people to think I'm pretentious even though I'm obviously not. Hmm. Um uh, like like a Christopher Nolan movie. Um <laughs> I mean like like a Christopher Nolan movie. Um it's like Inception is made by a guy who desperately wants people to think that he's intelligent and 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 and, and uh pretentious. Um but it's obviously made by someone who is not those things. Um, <laughs> so anyway, yeah. um, that's that's how I feel about Creatures of Beauty. So it's it's unfortunate that I missed all that stuff. But I don't think that – I think that if – I well, it's unfortunate that I missed all that stuff. But now that I know that stuff, it actually – I think it makes me like the story even less mm. um, just because I would have liked to have known that stuff. And I didn't get that out of the story. And that tells me that the story was a failure. Mm. Um, so because any story that you have to watch twice to uh, to like, I think that that's a problem. Um, I don't know. Sure. Or, no, or I, at least to even get the whole thing, you yeah. know? Well, that, yeah. Like the sort of thing where it's like, I mean, remember when we talked about Barton Fink? And right. we were like, we were like, I think I like this. Like, I right. mean, that was, that was your response. And that was my response. Like, cause I think you watched it right before we recorded it. And you were like, I think I like this. And I had seen it like a week before. And I was like, we're, oh, we're I totally... talking about the mind robbers or other yeah, podcasts. On, by on the, way. the mind robbers. <laughs> not, not doctor who meets Barton Fink. That was, that's a different thing. <laughs> no, um, I remember when that happened. That was weird. Yeah. It's like Laurel and Hardy meet Frankenstein. Um, <laughs> but, uh, the doctor just running through a hallway that's on fire. <laughs> Char- like charging to headbutt John Goodman, um, <laughs> who's bellowing something or other. <laughs> but I mean, Doctor! I think it's, <laughs> I think it's like that where 
like you look at you look at something like Barton Fink where it's like after I'd finished Barton Fink I was like I don't know what I thought of that and the more I thought about it the more I was like oh I really liked that um this right. is kind of like that where at the end of this the first time I was like I think I really liked that and the more I thought about it the more I was like that was a really good thing for me like I think it, it mm-hmm. kind of worked for me and the more I listen to it the more I like it um and uh like when you when you <laughs> when you finish a movie, if you're left just like I don't know what I thought of that, and that's where you kind of are after like a week. That's bad. Um, mm-hmm. That's bad. Or watch it again, and it was probably the greatest movie you've ever seen, um, or the worst. So, <laughs> yeah. Usually that's how it works. Usually I can tell whether I like something or not, but I might not know the level of which I liked it or not. Um, and then, and then the more I think about it, the more like it 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 cements. And then if I if I did like it, I'll watch it again and be like, oh, okay, no, I did love this. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, the world's end is a perfect example of a thing where it's like, I saw it the first time, I was like, I think I liked that, I think, and it was just it was just like it was just too much information, I think. Um, and then you see it again, and now I think that movie's a masterpiece. Um, but yeah. then a good comparison is like man of steel like man of steel i saw it and i was like i don't think i like that i don't but i don't know like i was confused i was like i i didn't really know what to think and then the more i thought about it i was like no i really hated that like a lot um so i don't know yep i don't know anyway yep. happens um Okay, so uh, before we wrap up, I want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by InStockTrades.com, where you can purchase any paperback, hardcover, omnibus, or absolute edition at 35 to 45% off, plus new release specials at 50% off every week. And remember, all orders over $50 get free shipping, so thanks to InStockTrades.com. I will say this about Creatures of Beauty, because I guess we didn't even really talk about this part of the story. Um, I uh, There's something about specifically the fifth doctor just sort of talking about nothing mm-hmm. that I really like. Yes. Um, and it's something that like, I could never hear this, the sixth, seventh or eighth doctor, like just talking about whatever, you know, like just every Rambling. time that they open their mouths, they're talking about whatever is happening in the story. Yes. You never have those doctors. Those doctors are never just like hanging out and just talking about like, oh, aren't the trees nice? Or, you know what I mean? Like they're not just talking about whatever. Um, Whereas like when the fifth doctor does it and he does it a lot in this story, um, especially like with, with him and uh, him and her, him and her on the, uh, like, I think they're, what are they on? Like the back of a truck or something? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And they're just like talking about whatever. Um, and I, I was like, I was just like enamored with that just mm-hmm. because I, I, I really like the fifth doctor talking about nothing important. Yeah. Um, it, it, it reminds me a lot of like, it's the sort of thing where you can almost see where Tennant got it. Cause Tennant's yeah. doctor does that a lot where he'll just ramble yeah. about God knows. And he'll just be like, I'm sorry. I was talking. What were you saying? Um, Davison's one of the few doctors who actually does that as well. And I think that that mm-hmm. is definitely something that informed Tennant's performance in the future because where else would he have gotten it because even thinking about the fourth doctor who everyone points to as you know their favorite doctor I don't think he does that because everything that he always rambles about always ties directly back into what's going on in the story or he's name dropping which is an 11th doctor thing Mm -hmm. and Davison's doctor does that really well I thought I thought that 
Davidson's doctor is written really well here. He feels like the doctor yes. in such a good way. How refreshing. Well, and specifically him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which he has a very specific voice. Mm-hmm. Um, more so than I like almost any other doctor. Like, I don't think there's ever been another doctor that sounds anything like the fifth doctor. He's kind of one of a kind mm-hmm. um, and I, where, whereas you can see a lot of other aspects and other doctors coming from other doctors and there's a lot of repeats and, and things like that. Whereas like the fifth doctor really kind of stands alone as this, like just this, this sort of solemn gentleman. Yeah. Um, and that's not what happens with any of the other dogs like just he's just a solemn lovely gentleman um (laughs) like just the kind of guy that i mean well i mean the kind of guy that you would picture in like a 1920s cricket match yeah (laughs) um yeah just and 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 it's kind of it's kind of great and he's the only one that's like that mm -hmm. and i think that that comes from davison just having such a well for being such a good actor um whereas if you look at the other doctors it's not that they're not good actors it's that there's an emphasis on performance rather than acting um and i I forget who i was reading that said this but it was like pertwee and uh tom baker it's not that they're acting, it's that they're performing. They're performing a role, whereas Davison is always acting the role. He's always thinking about it, he's always turning the character over, and has such a specific voice as a result. Um, and I don't know if that's because, <laughs> that also becomes, comes because the writing is so flat and he's able to just like blossom in this writing that isn't giving him as much as he probably could be given. Um, but I feel like every time that I look at him, he just kind of brings this entire character to the screen. And I feel like mm-hmm. Colin Baker's doctor does that as well. Um, cause Colin Baker's also a, a very good actor. Um, yes. but he's also having, he's also shouldered with bad writing. And once you give him the opportunity to act and create this character and kind of fill in the clothes on his own, he gets a stronger vision, I suppose. And mm-hmm. I th- I think that Davison really benefits from, you know, being a very good actor where a lot of the classic doctors aren't, you know, they kind of aren't like, I mean, Tom Baker's, a, I'm not saying he's a bad actor. I'm just saying that he's more emphasis and there's more of an emphasis on performance than there is in acting. Um, and I think that acting makes for a better character. And that's why the fifth doctor is such a great doctor and why I feel like there's so much that you can do in audio. And yet he's also constrained by having such a specific vision where it's like, you have to kind of fit into that vision. Um, and that continuity. Yeah. And the continuity, (laughs) which is a problem. Yeah. Stupid continuity. So God. (laughs) Um, (laughs) so, uh, yeah. Creatures of beauty. Um, next week, uh, we switched it up. Um, yeah, we were going to do seeds of doom. Um, but then this other thing happened. Uh, and so we're gonna, we have to switch it now. Um, so we're gonna talk about the bringing of Morbius, uh, as our fourth doctor story. Um, uh, you guys should also watch Night of the Doctor before next week. Yeah, because uh, we'll also be talking about Night of the Doctor. How important right. is it? We're actually talking about it. Um, I don't yeah. think we've actually talked about any of those minisodes before as like us. I, I think we have like in the vague sense, but not like officially. I yeah. don't think we've ever officially talked about one. And Night of the Doctor is something that needs to be addressed. Um, yes. Uh, needs to. Because yes. <laughs> we saw it. We're like, well... We can't cover Seeds of Doom, uh, so we're doing Brain of yeah. Morbius. So. Yeah, it's also it should also be noted that um, 
if I'm doing my math right, uh, as of you guys listening to this, this should be Monday, um, which means that uh, TDC is weekly this week. Or not weekly, daily, daily. <laughs> it's weekly for this week. <laughs> daily, <laughs> daily this week. Uh, words. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's daily this week. So uh, uh, stay tuned tomorrow. Uh, for our discussion of Brain of Morbius and Night of the Doctor. Yep. Um, but in the meantime, uh, if you're really that desperate to get more of us, um, you can listen to our other podcasts, uh, The Mind Robbers Versus, where we talk about Justice League Unlimited. And uh, we will have an episode of The Mind Robbers up this week as well. Um, and then uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm twitter.com slash Scott Corelli, also Scott Commentary, where I guarantee you I will not be live tweeting anything this week. Matt? <laughs> You can find me on Twitter, twitter.com slash Gungadin, ultimate alternate Twitter account, twitter.com slash GD commentary, where I too will probably not be live tweeting anything this week. Um, and, uh, oh, and classicalgallifrey.blogspot.com, where you can find all my thoughts on classic who, uh, that don't include big finish, um, or the new series. So if it was a classic episode and it aired on television, I definitely talked about it. So check it out. It's good stuff over there. Yeah. 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 All right, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow with uh, Tom Baker, The Brain of Morbius, and Night of the Doctor. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.